Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5 by 2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. This week, uh, we are talking with Carrie Becker, who is a teacher here at St. Peter's, as we discuss the potential of each person as part of our Vision 28 to grow younger and deeper. So, Carrie, uh, we appreciate you taking uh, the time to talk with us today. Can you just get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and your role as a teacher here at St. Peter's? Yeah, so hi, um, I'm Carrie Becker, and I teach fourth grade here at St. Peter's. This is my fifth school year here at St. Peter's, and I came from South Texas to St. Peter's in 2018. And what grade did you say you're teaching? Fourth grade. Is, have you been in fourth grade your whole career? The whole, no. Um, in Texas, I taught fifth grade for 11 years and then came here and taught fourth grade. And I've been teaching fourth grade since I came to St. Peter's. And Carrie, you're volunteering a couple other places at St. Peter's too. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm a part of the praise band. So I've done some night of praises and I sing on Sunday mornings some weeks too at the 1045 service. All right. Excellent. Now... Where were you born, Carrie? Let's back up. Let's give the folks what they really want to know. They want to know all about (laughs) Carrie Becker. I grew up in a teeny tiny town called North Webster, uh, kind of in between South Bend and Fort Wayne in northern Indiana. And so I was there until after high school, or I graduated high school, and then I went to Concordia in Ann Arbor, Michigan for my undergrad, and then moved to Texas straight away. So, Carrie, you've been teaching 15 years? This is my 16th year. 16th Mm -hmm. year. Um, undergraduate only? Did you go on and do master's or anything? I've not done master's yet. I have not been brave enough to do master's not, yet. Not brave enough. Are you interested <laughs> in doing that? I know a lot of teachers go curriculum and instruction or reading or... Yeah, I think if I did master's, I would do like ESL or ELL. That's kind of like my other passion is like English language learners. So. Well, now that you bring that up, I just heard that earlier that you speak several languages. I do. Yeah. So I obviously speak English, my first language, and then I speak Spanish. Uh, that was very helpful. I did not know Spanish before I moved to Texas, though. So I had to learn Spanish to survive where I lived in Texas. I was right by the border of Mexico. So I learned Spanish while I lived there. But the reason I went there was actually for Japanese students. There was a huge population down there of Japanese students, and I know Japanese. So I went to work with Japanese students in South Texas also speak German. And German. All of them fluently? Uh, Spanish and uh, German are my most fluent. Japanese, I still try to work on it when I can, but not as much opportunity here as there was in South Texas. That's awesome. Now, the other thing we ask a lot of guests about, and I'm going to ask you because I know you have two Little ones in your home, right? <laughs> yeah, little one. I have dogs. I have two. <laughs> I have two dogs in my home. One is little. <laughs> I've got Abby and Indy. So Abby is the little one. And Anna what Indy. are they? Mixed breeds. Yes, Abby is a Jack Russell Terrier and Chihuahua mix, and Indy is a Black Lab mix. You know, you went to Texas, came back to Indiana. Mm-hmm. What's the best thing about Indiana, and what's the thing you miss the most about Texas? Oh, man. Um, I would say miss the most about Texas is my friends, like the people that I I came, came to be family down there. So definitely that and the 78 degree weather in January, I definitely miss about Texas. Um, best thing about coming back to Indiana is having seasons again. So I really missed I really missed having a fall 
seeing all the, the beautiful colors and having a spring where everything turns green, and that doesn't really happen where I was in Texas. And tell us about your family. Where are your, the rest of your family at? Uh, a lot of my family uh, is in northern Indiana, Wisconsin. I have a sister who's in Colorado. Right now, my parents are in Florida, so they're like kind of like winter snowbirds. Yeah. So they're there now. And there's a, do you have a brother? I do have a brother. Yeah, he's, he's. I, I didn't know if you were going to get to him or not, but. <laughs> he, he's in Indianapolis. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you know, as we uh, are on the podcast, uh, been in the last couple of episodes talking about the Vision 28, the basic vision is growing younger and deeper, mm-hmm. but then we've got some different motives for where we're going to approach ministry. And those four motives are uh, compelling community resilient faith, reaching the one, and the value of each person, the potential of each person. George, that's the one we're talking about today. How'd you forget that one? Because <laughs> well, I get the other ones. We hear them all the time, but once we get, we have to write them down because well, we get talking, we're like, wait, what? what is it again? Yeah. Well, and I make mistakes on purpose, so Dustin, correct me. You know, it makes the podcast more interesting. Anyhow, so before we get into the specific one, we want to talk about the potential of each person. Let's go back to the basic concept, and let's just get your opinion or your feelings about it. Uh, We've asked all of our previous guests in the last couple weeks the same question. When you hear the Vision 28, that our congregation is going to grow younger and deeper, what does that mean to you? Uh, To me, you know, being a teacher here at St. Peter's, I think that's fantastic, because to me, like, that means investing in our our children and investing in the young in our community and in the church. And um, I mean, that's where you grow a church, right, from the bottom up. So having a vision that looks at younger people and investing in younger people, I think that's fantastic. Like, makes my heart very happy. All right. So that's investing in younger. What about the deeper part? That, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go with the deeper part. You can, you mean, that could include serving in different ways. That could include Bible studies. That can include, you know, having those hard conversations with people that people are usually afraid to have or, you know, asking deep questions and having deep answers. And I think that's, that's all important too. Okay. So we're specifically, go ahead, Dustin. I was just going to say, she basically just started listing the five by two. I don't think she meant to do that, but but (laughs) thank you for that. That that makes it easy for us. Yeah. The shout out, you give all those meaningful conversations, (laughs) Bible study. Awesome. Good catch, Dustin. Um, I was so focused on what she was saying. I wasn't uh, thinking about what she was saying. (laughs) Anyhow. I don't know what that means, but carry on, George. (laughs) All right. Uh, As we go specifically into motives, as we're talking about today, we want to talk about the potential of each person. When you hear that, what do you think about? It makes me think of like every how everybody is given certain gifts and talents, and we all have potential to do great things. And it's all and and we all have different gifts, and so having potential in different areas with which is actually really cool because then, you know, we have students and people that are good at, you know, being creative and we have people that are good at singing and we have people that are good at leading. We have people that are good at, you know, a whole bunch of different things. And so just digging into those potentials that each person has is really important. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we we talk about here that makes St. Peter's School like so special, and I mean, there's numerous things, but is that our teachers care for, and you know, they look for the potential in each student. So we know parents who've shared that you you made a giant impact on their kids' lives because of just doing uh, of ju- doing just that. Uh, can you share about your heart to invest in your students and to help them, you know, reach their potential? Yeah. So I think um, I knew from a young age that I, I loved kids and I loved working with kids and I knew I wanted to be a teacher and I I love 
getting to know people and like learning their stories and learning about what are their cares, what are their passions, what are their what are their their niches like, what are they all good at? And so I think that's kind of where my my heart for it came from is I just I love kids and I love getting to know kids and I love learning all about kids. And then being able to see each individual kid. And sometimes it's, I mean, when you've got a big class, sometimes that's hard to, to get to know students individually like that and to understand their potential. But I think that is so important because otherwise, how do you know what their potentials are? How do you know what their gifts are? How do you know what their talents are or what they're, what they're passionate about until you actually truly dig in and get to know students? And so that's... That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm trying to do, I should say. Well, I don't want you to get the big head, but I've had several parents that have told me that their kid was really impacted by being in your classroom because they felt like they were special. And the parents have told me that that kind of brought out that talent that the parent had maybe kind of noticed a little bit, but you really, you really fostered that and encouraged that within a kid. Yeah. That's really sweet. So it, it kind of that goes back to like the whole thing with you going down speaking Japanese, right, mm-hmm. for the Japanese students. That's kind of also recognizing the potential, but Absolutely. overcoming a barrier too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I actually started learning Japanese. I, I worked at a preschool when I was in college, and about 80% of our kids that were going to that preschool, it was more like childcare preschool, but they would come in at two years and three years old and not know any English, and a lot of them were from Japan because of the demographics of in. Arbor, Michigan, a lot of Pfizer, a lot of U of M, you know, that kind of thing. So um, I started learning some Japanese words just to help those kiddos out. And that really kind of fostered my passion for languages and my passion for children and like helping students out that they really didn't have a other way to learn another way to learn because they didn't know the language. So I could help them in that way. Excellent. That's awesome. Um, so as you're talking about finding, you know, figuring out what are the kids passionate about mm-hmm. and trying to figure out each each one. And like you said, sometimes a larger class size, that can be, be difficult to do. So, I mean, what it, what is like, what is it you do that you try to figure out what their passions are? Is it just asking questions? Is it like, you know, is, is there certain things that you try to do? Is it worth like kind of going to connect this to just in general, not just students, but like what are some things you do in your classroom to try to figure out what those things are? I think for me, I want my students to know me not just as their teacher, but know me as a human and know me as a person and know my flaws. Like they know that I am not good at soccer. I don't know anything about soccer. I can't tell you that like they know those things about me. And I see, I think just like making it important for them to know me as a person, but then also like I want, they know that I want to know them as a person. So we have deep, meaningful conversations. And even if we're, you know, standing in line waiting for something, I'll ask somebody a question like, Hey, what are you, what are you doing this weekend? Are you playing any games this weekend? And so they'll kind of share with me about their lives. And then it comes to a point where they're so excited to come to school Monday morning and tell me, you know, we won our tournament this weekend, or we did this this weekend. Uh, Miss Becker, I got my back handspring on the, on the trampoline this weekend. So it's just fun to, like have those conversations with them, but because then they know me as a person and not just as their teacher. What you just said could probably be applied to every group of people, right? So for your kids, it's important that their teacher knows them. But like, if we would just ask those questions, Mm -hmm. the people we see in the hallway at church, I think one of the things that we heard a lot, you know, as we're going through some of the forums is that 
our church needs to be more friendly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what it is. It's not just saying hi. It's going, hey, you know what? Last week I talked to you and you said you were doing this. You know, it's remembering a few of those little points and bringing them back up. Yeah, and it can and it can be something pretty small that you remember about somebody or that you you know have that little connection with, and it can can grow into a really cool friendship or relationship or you know whatever it might grow into. Or they just know you by oh, that's the person that always talks to me on Sunday morning, or that's the person that always greets me by name. And those little connections make a big difference. Yeah. Having been in ministry for a few years, <laughs> for me, uh, there are those times when I'll have somebody from the past. I taught high school for five years, and every now and then one of my students will reach out to me and just say they appreciate it. Sometimes you don't hear that for a long time later on. Are there any of those success stories you've had where somebody's reached out to you and said, Miss Becker, you really made a difference in my life uh, or something like that? Yeah, I, st- I still have quite a few connections to South Texas. I have quite a few students, pre- previous students that stay in contact with me. We're either we're friends on Facebook. They have my phone number They're You know, they text me updates and um, I'm still mentoring a couple of high school students who they are now high school students. They were my fifth graders, but um, I mentor them. And so I talk to them on a weekly basis, just check in and see how things are going in high school and what are the struggles because high school is hard. Um, yeah. And I, I have a student who now He's like 26 years old, I think, and he travels the country doing professional magic shows. And I've seen him actually perform on a stage, which was like the coolest thing in the whole world. I've seen him twice now. Like I paid for a ticket to see my previous student or like my prior student and do what he loves to do. Super cool. Having taught high school, I've got some of my high school students now that are grandparents like I am. And it's like, I, that makes me feel old. <laughs> like you're a grandparent. I had you as a, as a sophomore or junior in high school. It's just a uh, Teachers make such an impact, and so if you haven't been told this recently, thank you for what you do here at St. Peter's. Is there somebody that, thinking back to your life, you know, you said you've always wanted to be a teacher. Was there a teacher that had that impact on you that that really made you want to do that? I can think of three teachers that really had a big impact on my life. One was my fourth grade teacher, which is why I love fourth grade so much. Um, Her name is Mrs. Bruce. And then my fifth grade teacher as well was amazing and fostered so many things in my life that I didn't know that I had inside of me. Her name is Mrs. Bruce. And then also my, my high school speech teacher because when I was in high school, I was so shy. Like I didn't have a voice. I was, you know, I wanted to be in the background. I didn't want to, you know, speak in front of people was terrifying to me. Um, and she she gave me a voice and she showed me that I, like I could do things that were hard and I could do things that I didn't know I could do. That's awesome. As you're going through your classroom, looking at kids, is it... I'm going to back up. I, I, I don't know how to phrase this question. Dustin's got a great question he wants to ask, though. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> no, as as we're talking about this, uh, you know, talking about finding the potential of each person, and uh, obviously you, you do a, a wonderful job of that in the classroom. But I kind of throw this to both of you. Um, I don't want to just put Carrie on this on the spot. I don't like to do that with our, with our guests. But I I don't. Have oh, a I'll do that. <laughs> I, say, I don't have a problem putting George on the spot. But there are those times, whether it's students or people, right? That we maybe we just have a challenging relationship with somebody, and maybe we're you know there's times that you know like I'm the challenging person for somebody, right? Like that we just have those in our lives. Like so when the, when we face that challenging person for us, like what are those steps to to make sure, and I, I know that can be a, a lot of different answers, obviously, but when we when we face that, to make sure we're still seeing the potential in them, that we remember they're a child of God. Like, what are those, what are those things? I guess that 
that you lean on or try to remember in those moments of whether it is, again, student or it can be an adult or family or friend, whatever. But when we face those challenging people for us or just maybe just a challenging situation. Does that make sense? There's a couple different levels to that. I know when I was in the classroom, I always had to remind myself of how big an idiot I was in the classroom. (laughs) You know, if I can say that in the kindest way about myself, I'm not calling. But like, you know, growing up, you're, you're immature. You don't know anything, and yet you think you're so cool at the time. And so when I had those kids that were like, acting super cool and you're like you're just being a foolish young teenager it just i I had to remember myself it was kind of the reverse of the golden rule you know treat others how you wish you would have been treated with adults again i think going back to some of the things that carrie said establishing that relationship what's going on in their life maybe they're being angry and mean to you because their life is just in shreds at the time they're worried about their job or they've had something bad happen i just remember a kid one time that i had in the classroom acting out horribly and then later on we found out that his dad had been arrested in the middle of the night in their home and it's like well okay so that's why he's acting out yeah and i i think for me um like in teacher wise i definitely pray for all of my students before the school day begins. And I think that gives me a, you know, like help Lord, help me to help me to see them the way that you see them. That's definitely helped because I have had students that, you know, I'm on the struggle bus with, you know, and just sometimes those relationships don't click right away. But then I think it's just finding that one thing that you connect with, like that one little thing that you're like, okay, I can talk to this student about that. And then you can start building a relationship off of that and you will find other things too. When it comes to adults, I again think it's about establishing a relationship because I think most of the time when you actually get to know a person, even if you rub them the wrong way or they rub you the wrong way, there's usually a reason for that. Like there's usually some sort of hurt that they've had or maybe some sort of hurt you've had and maybe your just wires are getting crossed or something. I think it's just establishing that like common ground in that relationship. Yeah, a lot of it too is uh, understanding their passions and that they might react because they're very passionate. So if somebody might get upset about small things, well, they, they're very passionate about the details. They want everything to be right. I remember parents that got upset with me because they want the best for their kids. When they saw that I really loved their kid, then they gave me more slack. And so it was a matter of setting up those mm-hmm. conversations. So I remember the question I was going to ask you earlier, Carrie, and I couldn't phrase it, but are there any kids you've had where you've seen yourself in them and you've try to nurture them to find their voice. Oh, definitely. I try I try to find something in each kid that they can do new or try new or something that they're afraid of to try. We do a lot of like presentations and things in class cuz I I and I tell them like I was t- terrified of presenting in school. I would sweat. I would like be shaking. I would feel sick to my stomach. And so I I talk to them all the time. Like, I mean, I struggled with this when I was a kid. Like, I want you to not struggle with it. So we're going to practice this because it is scary. It is scary until you realize you can do something hard. And so, and one of the things we say in our class, my classroom all the time, we love hard things because hard things grow our brains and hard things help us grow as a person. You know, in terms of the growing younger and growing deeper, I think that uh, a lot of adults could be challenged to do hard things. A lot of times there's potential in older people that was never realized as they grew up, but all of a sudden you find that one thing and you can really see people blossom. I think that's why some reasons that people will change jobs midstream because all of a sudden they find something they're passionate about and that they're good at and they'll switch over. One of the things that like I do in in my job as uh, the director of Life Equip is to, to find those places where people are passionate and gifted that they can serve within the church. 
and they go, oh, I don't know how to serve in the church. It's mm-hmm. like, well, come on, let's try it. Mm-hmm. You know, all you can do is like try something else. You know, mm-hmm. if it didn't work out, try it again. Finding the potential in each person is huge, but getting to know them is the first step. Having that meaningful conversation, going back to our five by two. So many times we just have to really have meaningful conversations, not just the how are you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I've heard that in you. You're digging for that thing that's going to bring that person out, that thing that's going to help you to bond with them, the thing that's going to help you to recognize who they are. George, I just want to back up real quick because you brought up something I think uh, important thing about the, the <clears throat> spiritual gifts. If somebody's listening, like, well, what is that? Or like, is there like an assessment or something that you could you can offer them that they could you know, reach out to you about? That is a great question, doesn't? In fact, anybody, and that's the one thing everyone thinks, well, that shape class, that's for the new members. Well, actually, the shape class is something that every Christian can benefit by. We look at the different things that God has blessed you with, your spiritual gifts, your your heart or passion for ministry, the abilities you have, your personality, and your experiences. And then I use those things to kind of direct people into ministry areas. But if somebody wanted to do a quick assessment, I can, I can, without taking the class, I have all those tools that somebody could go through. And it, it's a, it's a self-evaluation. You answer a few questions and then it will tell you then what your spiritual gifts are. Anybody that's interested could contact me and I'd love to share that with them or watch for when that Bible study is offered on a Sunday morning. You can jump in and join the shape class for that. Awesome. Thanks for that pitch, Dustin. Yeah. No, I, I, again, I think that's it is really important that we, you know, if we're not sure what those are, it's a, it's a it's a good thing to know and to understand and for ourselves and how um, we can use those gifts that God has given us to to benefit our neighbors. I've as we're you know, I kind of made that joke at the beginning about Carrie talking about the five by two without you know necessarily realizing it, but I just I keep hearing it throughout. You know, as we talk about finding the potential of each person. You know, Carrie, you talked about praying each day, you know, before the school day for for your kids. I mean, that's that's awesome. And that's, you know, um, that's something I think we, you know, for all of us each each and every day, praying for those relationships that God has placed in our lives and talk about then uh, blessing others through, you know, finding those ways that we can can serve one another, that we can just be be a blessing that day. And maybe again, I think you said it can be small things, right? Like it doesn't have to be these giant, huge gestures by any means. It can just be the simple, simple things that that add up over time. That God, God can use the little things to do big things, right? And then I keep hearing me- meaningful conversations. I know Carrie said it, George has said it. I just think that's so important through all of these that we've really talked about, whether it's compelling community, resilient faith, or reaching the one along with this one. But the meaningful conversations is just so important. But I love what you talked about, Carrie, is it's a lot of it's just asking questions, right? Mm-hmm. And asking good questions and just getting to know people and, and just, just sharing your life. So yeah, I guess, is there, like, if we as we kind of get close to, to wrapping up, is there like a, a kind of a summary? So if somebody's like, okay, well, how do I get better at looking for the potential of each person are there any like kind of big steps that either of you would kind of just say like here's a, a good first first start let me go ahead and i, I see like, like that deer in the headlights look from carrie why she puts no, it's, her thoughts it's more like george just go i know you always got something to say because well, i'll make up something i'll talk until something comes to my mind no you know what i was thinking actually earlier a lot of folks as we talk about building a friendly culture in, in our church a lot of po- folks go but i'm not an extrovert really extroverts don't usually have as many meaningful conversations as introverts because I have a thousand friends that I'll say hi to, how you doing? I'll remember that one point, but I'm always on to something else because there's somebody else I need to talk to. Whereas an introvert, a lot of times they'll sit back and they'll listen to the conversation 
but then can go a lot deeper. You know, and again, my wife it would definitely go a deeper into a conversation than I would, but I have, I'll, I'll be waving, hey, hey, how, how you doing? And she'll be asking, well, how was that your shower that you had? Or uh, how's your, your daughter in Texas doing? And it's like, I don't even remember those facts. Yeah. And I think for me, like, it's just because I'm kind of a person, too, that's like I'm continually going to the next thing. and But like trying to remember to slow down and to at least try to have one meaningful conversation with somebody a day, like an adult around you or somebody that, you know, crosses your path or somebody that maybe just needs, looks like they need somebody to talk to, just slowing down enough and and taking five minutes out of your day or 10 minutes out of your day and just having a conversation that you maybe wouldn't have had otherwise and maybe step out of your comfort zone a little bit if that's not like what you usually do, just stepping out outside of that because you never know the impact you can have on one person that the impact like one conversation can have the impact that one small gesture could have to somebody again i want to build on that you know sometimes i think christine give us her one of our podcast recordings mentioned letting the spirit guide you mm-hmm. because there are sometimes you know I'll feel, I'll feel that nudge i know i've got to do something but i'll feel the nudge i really have got to stop and talk to this person and in that taking that extra 30 seconds They'll open up about a surgery that's coming up or a problem in their life. And right at that minute, it's like, all right, God, you stopped me for a reason. Now help me to say the right thing. And usually the right thing is, can I pray for you? Mm -hmm. Which goes back to one of our five by two things. Prayer is sometimes just putting your hand on somebody's shoulder and saying, God, I don't even know what to say here. But this person is struggling, and you know their struggles. Help them in their struggles. And it is amazing that just a few words like that, somebody will be so grateful. You've got to take that time Mm -hmm. and stop and and let the Spirit guide you. And it's not not always your job to fix everybody's problems, right? But to be a listening ear to somebody or to just say, hey, I care enough to pray with you, or hey, I care enough to, to sit down and talk with you. And you might not be fixing any problems, but that's maybe exactly what they need. That's awesome. So, George, you kind of actually, it was actually kind of a teaser to Christine's episode because just a little hint is that it's the next upcoming episode, but we actually already recorded it before this one. So, we're a little out of order, but George is giving you a little teaser of what's to come in the next episode with Christine. Again, so. that's why Dustin's important to keep me straight because we record these episodes as, we're, as we find availability with uh, people's schedules. And sometimes we get them a little out of order from the way they're going to drop, but God is good. And he uh, reminds me all the time that I need him and I need other friends to remind oh, me yeah. of where, just, where I, just, I fall short. <laughs> I just thought it was funny, just so people are like, wait, did I miss an episode? No, it's it's coming up next uh, next week. Yeah, and I think we talked about the other ones. I do want to say as we're you know talking about potential of each person, and also I kind of asked that question about somebody that's challenging um, to us. And um, again, we, I think we have to remember, as George kind of pointed out, sometimes we're the one that's challenging to somebody else, right? I think uh, coming back to that five by two, Spending time in Scripture on a, on a regular basis, I think, is connecting with God, whether it be, again, through Scripture or through worship. Just continually going back and, and keeping our focus on Jesus is something else that will help us, right, to remember that when we think beyond ourselves and our own situations and things, think about focus, keep the focus on Jesus and the gospel and just keep thinking about how does the gospel apply to the situation. I think that helps, too, to keep keep us in the right frame of mind and to, to remind us of you know, that person, yes, me again, like George said, maybe they're going through something, whatever. They're they're a child of God. And, and sometimes in, in different relationships, it's, you know, like I know for in our lives with kids in foster care, sometimes we, we you know, get certain behaviors or actions 
because it, it actually is almost like it's a safe place where they feel like they can do that and they need to express that. And I feel like it probably happens in school sometimes, right? School is that safe space mm-hmm. sometimes for kids that maybe they don't have that somewhere else. And so unfortunately, you know, you had to take take that. But um, but sometimes it's, it's what's needed for the kids and so that they can learn how to work through that and everything. So all those five by two, but again, yeah, spending time connecting with God through the word, through worship, and just, again, continually think about how does the gospel apply. So, Carrie, I just want to say thank you again for taking the time to to join us and um, and talk to us about the potential of each person. So and thanks, as George said earlier, thanks for all you do as a teacher here, St. Peter's and all the different areas that you volunteer and helping lead us in worship too. So, you know, we look forward to the next episodes and specifically the next episode, as George already told us, with Christine on Reaching the One. So, um, but we do look forward to continuing these discipleship discussions. Now go out and serve God and others. Thank you.